Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Recovery Central. Morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Richard. And how are we today? Very well, thank you. Very well. Bus is a bit of a nightmare this morning, but um, yeah. Well, the buses in Birmingham have been a nightmare for weeks with all these roadworks. It's roadworks everywhere, and, and, and I was thinking this morning, I thought, why on earth didn't they just do the roadworks when we had the COVID thing? But, but then, of course. No, that would have been way too logical. Way yeah. too logical when everyone's at home to do all these roadworks. No, 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 we have to do them when people have gone back to work. Yeah, but of course we still had COVID, so then poor workers would have... But now it's just in time for the schools going back again, because they're back this week, I think. Well, most places they're back this week. Mm. And when you've got bypasses that are only down to one lane, you know that something's a bit wacky, don't you? Why do they decide to do both sides of the road at the same time, or both lanes? Why can't they do one side and then the other? I'm anyway. sure it will improve our lives when it eventually finishes, like KHS2, it will finish by the time I'm 90. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not long then. Well, not long, no, only 40 years. Is it 40 years till I'm 90? Roughly. Just over 40. Anyway, what have we got for you today? Mistrust, misplaced trust, uh-huh. hostage taking, oh. and whatever on earth Reg and company are getting up to this week. And also, we are going to talk about drunk cleaning. Drunk cleaning. Having looked at drunk shopping, drunk cleaning is next on the list in which I will hopefully spend 15 minutes laughing at myself. Let's start with a letter. Dear Jim, Jack and Jeff, Since my fiancé was unfaithful to me six months ago, I never fully trusted him again. He said it was over with Sally and she moved away, so I believed him on that one, but he hasn't changed the way he behaves around other women. I can prove this, because I asked one of my colleagues at my new job to follow him for a while. She's produced a detailed dossier covering all the times he's been flirtatious or suggestive with other women. Also, she's pointed out the times when he's most vulnerable to having an affair. She showed me how to tap his phone without him knowing, so I can monitor his whereabouts at any time of the day or night. This is very useful, because then I can assess just how little or how much he's lying to me. Michael has always been a liar and I accept that. However, his lies have become much more sophisticated since he had the affair with Sally. From my colleagues' notes and my computer records, I've also been reading his phone messages, emails and other correspondence. I've compiled a handy list of which other women I think he might be likely to have an affair with. Obviously, I intend to confront them all, armed with a can of pepper spray and a taser, just to put them in their place once and for all making sure they leave him alone. I'm going to have to give up work because of all the surveillance I have in place on my wayward fiancé, so I need a credible excuse to give him to allow me to continue my important work without him being any the wiser. My colleague says I should plant someone close to him, ask her to try it on with him and see if he bites. She says that that way we'll know for good. I'm tempted to do this, especially as she's volunteered to do it, and I already know I can trust her. What do you think I should say to him so he believes my reasons for giving up work? Do you think deploying my colleague as an affair prospect is a good idea? Please advise, Hayley. There's so much to read into that, isn't there? His colleague wants to obviously catch her man. Well, if I've read that right. It's the vulnerability, I think. Yeah. It's that I don't trust him because he was unfaithful and now she's got paranoid about it. Mm-hmm. And... She's got paranoid about it, whether he's done anything or not. 
and it's paranoia to the point of keeping all these detailed notes. Yeah, definitely. What I would question is whether this has come from her or from the colleague, whether this is actually a, yeah, this a is scheming person taking advantage of her. This is what I was thinking. That's what towards the end of the letter. That's exactly what I thought because she's volunteered to be the the guinea pig to see if he will take her advances. Maybe it's it's an easy way for her to see if he likes her. Yeah, that's plausible. And obviously, the extremity of her reaction means that someone's been fueling that fire. Mm-hmm. Because of course, what she's saying here sounds completely and utterly insane. Of course, but she must have been pushed towards that surely. And she's clearly very vulnerable at present. And while, interestingly, there's no mention of the drink or the drugs. Oh, yes, of course. I don't think there always needs to be because human beings behave in defective ways Mm -hmm. and human beings can be vulnerable to other human beings being devious. Definitely. And the behaviour here, it's often indicative of the kind of thing that we find in early recovery. Yeah, definitely. And... I think it more likely that he's the one in early recovery. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I think it's far more likely that he's the one who's come back and said, no, it's going to be different now. Yeah, definitely. And that she's worried about it not being different now, which is what's underneath it all. Mm-hmm. And the reason why she's been so influenced by this, quite frankly, devious colleague, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And it she sounds should... to me like the colleague is very much behind most of this. She shouldn't be stoking the fire, should she? And in all of this, we don't hear what the bloke thinks at all. Yeah. I'm imagining him just wandering about oblivious. Yeah, definitely, 100%. And by the sounds of it, I mean, she's already got emails and text messages, so there's obviously nothing incriminating Well, there. if he was doing anything, she'd have found it. Of course, she would have found it, so, you know. But it's the overreacting again, isn't it? And regardless of the fact that there's no mention of drink or drugs in here, mm-hmm. the overreacting is an addictive trait. Yeah, it is. And it is something that putting two and two together and making five mm-hmm. is something that frequently happens when we're yeah. not quite calibrated yeah. right. Some of the things we did mean we have to learn them again. Learning how to trust people. and Yeah, and like that other one we read about trusting the wrong people. Yeah. And that's what she's done, isn't yeah. it? She's probably only said a couple of things and suddenly it's turned from this molehill into a huge mountain. Mm-hmm. I understand the being paranoid because he's been unfaithful, definitely. What I don't necessarily get is how extreme this has got, and I don't see how it can have got this extreme without someone pushing her along the way. Somebody's definitely, yeah, like her colleague. I mean, she's got to the point where she would leave her job. And it's like anything, isn't it? Why can't they just talk to each other? (laughs) No, that would be way too much to ask, wouldn't it? Just sit down and chat. When I got sober, it was like, I'm going to avoid any kind of relationship for some time because I could see that there were two factors in all my relationships. One was that the guiding factor in every relationship I got into was me. And the second was that they were all unbalanced in some way. And it was that lack of balance that kept getting me into trouble. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. And situations like this I've seen happen. I've seen them happen time and again. And maybe it is the reason why it's said you shouldn't do a relationship early doors. No, definitely. It's because you're not really equipped to do it. No. And sometimes you can put your recovery in their hands, can't you? And Well, there's a thought, yeah. Indeed. And I'd like to grab hold of this colleague of hers and say, no. What? Yeah. No. What are 
what you're doing? Do you realise the, the consequences? You, know, you are preying on someone completely vulnerable here and then there's this bloke in the middle of it who doesn't know <laughs> you're oblivious. following him. He's oblivious. And he's probably not doing anything. What's going to happen if he does? He's going to do something that's innocent and get misinterpreted. This has got a film written all over it, hasn't it? Exactly. Now it's time for the dialogue, which is partly about denial and partly about insanity and partly about attempted hostage-taking. Hostage-taking, oh. Well, an attempt, anyway. Oh, OK. Not necessarily a successful one. So let's see how we go with this. So? If I have to do a test... What? I, um, no, I, you didn't. It was a mistake. You did? I didn't mean to. Oh, bloody hell. It was an accident. An accident? Yeah. Hang on. What? How can that be an accident? I didn't intend to. What, you just tripped over and happened to land face down in a bucket of coke? Did someone leave it in the kitchen just in case one of you needed to have an accident? Don't be stupid. You're telling me not to be stupid. I can explain. No, you can't. But... You can't just explain that you went and picked up. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like what? Fact is, there's only one rule in this house. Well, the only thing you can actually get kicked out for. It's not that difficult, is it? I thought you'd understand, of all people. Why? Because you. Oh, because I relapsed while I was in rehab before, because this is the second time for me. Well, yeah. Which part of that were you listening to? I don't understand. No. When you said that... When I told you all about that and where it took me, it wasn't so you'd think, oh, great, I can relapse in here and come back, because that's what Lenny did. It was so you'd learn from my experience and not make the same mistake. Oh, I knew it wasn't a good idea to pick up in here. So why'd you do it then? I don't know. What's... Have you been listening to anything they've told you in here? Of course I have. I'm not so sure. I know I'm an addict. I shouldn't gamble. You shouldn't gamble? No. You lost your house. It was because of your gambling debts. No, but if I had a job, I could have paid them off. Dear God, am I in a parallel universe here? And then I wouldn't be in this mess. Come again? If I hadn't been framed at work, if that stupid secretary had kept quiet about it and... But I thought you borrowed money from the company. No, I was going to pay it back. That's not the point. Isn't it? She didn't have to grasp me up. You're missing the... I was going to put it back the very next day and nobody would have even noticed. How? What? Where was the money coming from? I knew I could get it. Where from? I was playing. Oh, you were playing the gig at Madison Square Garden, were you? No, I was playing poker at Tony's. And... Hang on, isn't that where you said you used to cheat until you got found out? It wasn't true. What wasn't? I didn't cheat. But you told me you did. I didn't cheat that night. Oh, so that makes cheating all right, does it? He was going to break my legs. Was he? Well, how dare he? On the night, I didn't cheat. Oh, I see. The one time you don't cheat is the night you get found out, and now you feel hard done by. None of it was fair. Life isn't fair. You don't know what I mean. What? Because you're special and different? Well, no, but... You're not making any sense at all here. All I'm doing is trying to explain. To explain what? Why you've been here three months and taken no notice whatsoever of anything you've been told? I tried to explain, but they keep telling me I've got myself in a situation. And well, you did. No, I borrowed that money from the company account because I had to take a mortgage payment and get it paid that day. And you were planning on cheating at poker to win the money back and cover your tracks? It was the only logical thing to There's do. There's nothing logical about that. Why were you in debt on the mortgage anyway? Because I lost my job. But this is before you lost your job. Oh, but I'd been unlucky. Unlucky? You're wandering about, coked up to the eyeballs, swigging martinis you can't afford and pretending to be James Bond. Stealing money from your employer and lying about everything. Is that it? It wasn't like that. And now you've been given a chance at recovery, you decide to screw it all up by relapsing in a dry house. And all because you knew someone else had done it, so you thought it would be alright. Now you're not being fair. You need to tell the truth. But... And it starts now. What do you mean? You're going to do that test and tell them what happened when it comes out positive. But I can't. It's the only way to help yourself. 
but I'll be homeless. They might not see it that way. Oh, come on. There's no point telling the truth. I cannot believe you. So I thought, what if you gave me a piss sample and I use it you to... You what? Because then you wouldn't know. And it's top it all. You're trying to take me hostage. But I need help. Which means you need to help yourself and get honest. And I thought you were my friend. Real friends don't co-sign bullshit. Well, so you tell them first, before the test. I can't. Or I will. So he's massive gambling debt. Yep. And he says, I shouldn't gamble. I shouldn't gamble. And his solution to his financial problems, which he can't see have been caused by his gambling in the first place, is to go and gamble some more. Go and gamble more. And, oh. and the one night he doesn't cheat is the night he gets in trouble. <laughs> so by the time he's asking this other guy mm-hmm. to give him a fake piss sample, mm-hmm. he's already showing this warped logic, this crazy view of how he's going to get himself out of his mess. I worked out very quickly when I started writing stuff down for step four that a lot of the solutions I was using, the reason why they failed is because they were always mine. (laughs) And my capacity for infinite solutions that didn't work went on and extended for a a long way over many, many years. Mm. And this guy is trying to find his own solution to everything, so everything. he can't see the wood for the trees, can no, he? of course he can't. There's no way of seeing the wood for the trees. If you're in it like that and thinking, well, I have to do this, and it's what he's always done, so he's going to get what he's always got. Yeah, of course. You, you know, you always think you know a way out, a way to cut corners, a way to do it your way, which never works, and that's why you end up where you are, in a rehab centre. Do you think the other guy can help him? I think he could if he gives you a piss bowl. But... <laughs> that would not be the right thing to do. No, I think the, the other guy will could help him if he if he actually listens to him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, he's saying the right thing, isn't he? Just tell the truth. I think when the whole thing is looked at in context, I think it's quite probable that they wouldn't necessarily just kick him out on his ear straight away. Not if he's never been there before. No, definitely. In that, you know, I should imagine they'll give one, you know, give a chance, and you know, people do make mistakes. Relapse can be a part of someone's journey so but speaking from my own experience it has been part of mine I mean it doesn't necessarily need to be no definitely but not but it's this kind of thinking that we need to nip on the bud because this has already galloped along in his own head hasn't yeah. it before he's even spoken to the other bloke he could probably save himself about right about now by doing the right thing um, he'll probably get another chance whereas if he continues acting out on what he's thinking he's going to do then he could end up completely messing out on the streets yeah. Drunk cleaning. The other day I was talking, I was talking about various jobs I've done. And the job I did when I left university, that I worked in catering for a while, and yeah. then I got a job working the campsites. Mm-hmm. And obviously a major part of working on the campsites was cleaning accommodations. Yeah, yeah. And people would leave an amazing mess yeah. or they would actually leave it cleaner than when they arrived. When they arrived. There was great variance with this. Mm-hmm. And because of the weather, the particular summer I was there the first time, it was really, really hot and in those canvas tents it gets up to God knows what. It's like being in a microwave. Oh. And there I am trying to clean the ground sheet and the sweat pouring, pouring off. And I'm thinking, I need to start doing this at five o'clock in the morning. And obviously in that kind of environment, a lot of people live hard and play hard. Yeah. Definitely. So my cleaning sometimes got the better of me in that either I would be rushing in 
practically hurrying them out at four o'clock when they were driving off to a ferry, or I would be doing it slipshod. Mm-hmm. And someone would come and complain and say, this hasn't been cleaned. This hasn't been done. And I think I'd done it when I hadn't. And I think back to the way I was before I came into treatment, while I was trying to look functional, and while there were still people visiting me at mm-hmm. times, I was still making this attempt to make it look as if I'd cleaned. Yeah. And so what began as I'd have one frenetic morning Mm-hmm. where I'd start cleaning mm-hmm. and then think oh I know I'll just get some cider because I deserve some now yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I'd carry on cleaning getting more and more, more, and more, and more. insensate and, and it would mean that every few days I would clean the same thing once yeah. and not clean the rest of the flat and it was just pure haphazard and eventually I reached the point of course where I didn't clean at all mm-hmm. but in the same way as shopping I've got a story on cleaning, just a quick one. I, I had to start working for a place where I was staying because I couldn't afford the lodgings anymore. It was one of those uh, packers oh, right. places. And, it, and, and I remember running out of money. They said, you can work for us for your, for your board. And I did do. And I basically was constantly, constantly being told that I've left my flip-flops in the rooms or I've left you know, an item, my cigarettes or my something. I used to shower in the rooms and everything and I was supposed to be cleaning them and, and my manager said to me, are you missing something? I was like, no, and this is a flip-flop. One of the one of the customers has found a flip-flop in the bed and I'm like, oh, you can imagine. <laughs> it wasn't nice. I think it's this, in supposedly drunk functional mode, I would yeah. think I'd done things when I hadn't. Yeah. And I would look at someone incredulously if they came to see me saying, do you ever clean this flat? So, oh, but I cleaned this morning. As thinking that I have when actually I haven't. And this kind of reckless approach to, oh yeah, I need to do that because somebody's coming. Because someone's coming. Yeah. I'd better get the hoover out because there's someone <laughs> might be coming to knock on the door. I've got a delivery coming. Damn, I better have a shower. Mm-hmm. And I'd better make sure that I clean the bit they're yeah. going to see. Yeah. And then I'm chucking a load of bags of stuff into the bedroom and closing the door. I used to dread a visit from my mum, thinking, how can I make this look presentable, even though I know that it's not? Mm -hmm. And I'd get everything out, and I'd go and get cleaning stuff, and I'd all good intentions, and I'd never get to the end of it. No, I wouldn't either. It was like when I was cutting the grass, many a time I used to have a nice little drink lined up, cut the grass, but I'd never finish the grass. Never. And I suppose that's it, isn't it? It's the not finishing. Or thinking that I've done things when I haven't. Mm. Or thinking that something looks okay when it isn't. We're just moving one problem from one place to another, aren't you? I used to have my spare room and everything got flung into the spare room, door shut and that was it, and then brought back out afterwards. Yeah, have I got a big enough wardrobe? Mm. If I've got a big enough wardrobe, I can just throw everything in it. Yeah. And with a big enough wardrobe, everything gets thrown in it and I can make it look like things are actually okay, when of course things aren't okay, because I don't look okay. I think I've actually done that this morning. I'm sure we've got a house group today, and I've kind of (laughs) flung everything into the wardrobe and shut it, and then when I get back, I'll just, yeah. This is the thing, you see, because when I sobered up, I could see what I was doing and all of that, and I wanted to clean things properly. Yeah. And I still hold to that now. In sobriety, I keep a clean kitchen and I keep a clean bathroom. Yeah. I can be a bit lackadaisical around the hoovering. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's always a point when I look at the bathroom or I look at the kitchen, I think I need to clean it. And because I'm sober, it means I actually do clean it. Mm -hmm. Proper deep, yeah. 
and also I'm bothered about the space in which I live in a yeah. way that I wasn't when I was drunk because when I was drunk it's that saying isn't it my park bench was my settee mm-hmm. and I'm living on that sofa and I might as well be anywhere it's not really that I have any great ownership of where I live mm. because it's just a place that's full of mess yeah. and the biggest mess in it is me and of course in putting the drink down that's not how I want it to look where I live and I don't want it to feel that way either no I think uh, there was a point when I had my house and I only lived in my bedroom the whole house was actually very very spotless apart from dust that had settled but my room was a complete and utter mess I just lived in there just lived in the room so if if my mum did come round she she would say it's quite clean in here yeah but you lived in your cave I lived in my cave upstairs so that was it I just walked through down the stairs walked through the living room walk through the kitchen it was always takeaways as well so my room was a, a well it's funny how we end up in one room isn't it yeah how everything devolves and diminishes mm-hmm. until it's just me in a bottle and because it diminishes to the point where it's just me in a bottle I'm just sitting there in the same place all <laughs> the time doing the same thing I had a house I had a three bedroom terrace mm-hmm. and by the end of my drinking there it was me in one room yeah, yeah. and that's all it was and I never got as far as the kitchen. Mm-hmm. In fact, no, I used to go through the kitchen to go to the bathroom, but the bathroom was the only other room that was actually used. I didn't even make it upstairs at the end. And when it came to having a house clearance done, I was thinking, well, hang on, what can I put in storage? And I didn't really know. I had to I didn't know. Yeah. make a list and make another list. And it took quite a substantive amount of time for me to get any of that ready. And... Of course, living in a dry house environment, one is used to a diminished space Mm -hmm. because you have the one room, really. But actually, that's okay if you keep it properly. Yeah, it is, definitely. And I actually keep it in a way that I want to live, Mm -hmm. whereas towards the end of my drinking, it wasn't about where I wanted to live. I didn't want to be there any more than I wanted to be anywhere else. That's right. And when I did go out, I knew what I was coming back to. Mm -hmm. And it did become like the back cave, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Except I wasn't a superhero. (laughs) And then I would do mad things, like I'd be dusting the walls, or I'd be climbing on furniture because I saw a spider's web or something, Mm. thinking, I desperately need to clean that. (laughs) When actually in front of me, there were several bottles, several cans, fag ash all over the place, and I'd managed to be sick on a plate. And I'm ignoring all of that because I've seen the spider's web. Spider's web, yeah. And then I wonder why people think I'm mad. And I wonder why anyone visiting thinks that I'm seriously ill. Yeah. By then, I think it didn't actually matter how much alcohol was involved. Mm. No, it didn't. Because it reaches the point where it's just a dose. Mm-hmm. And in terms of doing those day-to-day activities, I'd only have a shower when I had to go out mm-hmm. or when I thought someone else was going to smell me. Yeah. If I didn't have a washing machine, there was no chance that I was going to wash anything. No, no, no. I I went through a period without a washing machine and I had to give my clothes to someone else. But then after a while, I was so embarrassed, I thought, no, I'm going to have to go to the laundrette with these because look Mm -hmm. at the state of everything I've been wearing. And then, of course, I look at it and think, hang on, I've been wearing the same clothes for... And I don't want to think about how many weeks. No, you don't. Because it really is that long. How long is it since I cleaned? I think I've cleaned, but I haven't. Mm -hmm. How long is it since I changed my clothes? I don't even know what day it is or have any context. No, 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 you don't. I don't know what month it is, let alone what you know, the week it is. 
And so it takes a long time to wake up from that. Yeah, it does. And I suppose a lot of what we do on here in terms of highlighting the way that the illness manifests when the drink and drugs are taken away, Mm -hmm. the reason why I think that's important is because all of that behaviour is there. Of course it is. Just because I'm not drunk doesn't mean that I won't think that way. And there's a lot of behavioural change that needs to happen. Well, you can see your behaviour's a lot clearer, can't you, when you're, when you're not dosed up from a drink or a drug. And also, if I'm doing something that someone else notices, there's far more chance that I will listen. Yeah. It took me a while to learn that I needed to listen to what other people saw when they were looking yeah, at me. Yeah, definitely. That applies to my mental health as much as it does yeah. to alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, when it came to my mental health, it took what other people were seeing to be relayed to a psychiatrist yeah. in yeah. the end because it's not enough for me to try and pinpoint my experience and I don't know how I look to other people. Mm. Going back to the cleaning thing again, I think I've cleaned, I think I've covered it up, Mm -hmm. in inverted commas, but actually I have not. No. Actually I have no idea. I think it looks one way, but it looks another. Yeah. There's a great episode of The Simpsons, isn't there, where he goes to a party Mm. and he gets absolutely smashed and makes a pass at Ned Flanders' wife and then they asked Homer to describe the evening. Mm. And he describes it. The evening began with a delightful... It's this oldie-worldy painting. It's like a Noel Coward play. So his perception is that's what happened. But what actually happened is a complete blackout. There've got to be some alcoholics writing for that programme. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's time to get back to the the circuitous and meandering journey of Reg and I believe he's going to see someone else part of his troop of supporters so he's off to see Gary this time so we shall see he's putting a lot of hours in our Reg isn't it? oh he does never stops hello what's up hello anyone in I've put the door back closed now. Oh, great. Thank God. I'm not set and coming, Gary. No? No. I'm just glad it was you. I'd say so. What would your old man say, leaving the door open in this precious less than legal warehouse? Oh, yes, that. He'd do some sorts in his grave, he would. Reg. Disturbing the choir invisible with his wailing. But Reg. Waiting the dead from their eternal slumber. Oh, come and on. would the devil rise again to silence him? No, I think my mum would do that. Oh, yeah, your mum. How is she? Dead. Oh yeah, how could I forget? Well, she was dead the last time I checked. True, not likely to be coming back. No. Hang on, last time you looked? Yeah. What you been doing? You keeping her corpse in the basement like that, you know, wash his face? No, I don't know who you mean. You do? No, I don't. Yes, you do, and it's written all over your face. I suppose I might. I knew it, in fact, the old world knows it, especially now Brutus has heard about it. Oh no. Won't be all bad, you know, when he starts selling your spiritual services, you'll make a few quid. No, but I don't. No? No. Why not? What do you mean, why not? I don't know how to raise the dead. My unhealthy, youthful obsession with human serial killers is now behind me, and I don't copy them. And it's not my fault. My old man is a chaotic, chronic bastard liar who faked his own death to escape his gambling debts. Oh, I'd better not tell Brutus about the gambling. You better not. Well, I did... You told him, didn't you? Me? Where were you going to get caught? Oh, come on, Gary. Even for you, that's imaginative. You told Brutus about my dad and his resurrection. 
Then Tony the Wizard starts marketing me as a magic cat. Oh, you see, there's a flaw in your already dodgy logic. But it makes sense. It does not. Tony can't hear what we're saying, can he? Well, I thought Rufus found a way to... Oh, yeah, the writing. Yeah, and he told us he could write stuff for humans to read and... Strangely enough, that was old Brutus on the con again. Why am I not surprised? Look, your old man is not really dead. We all know that. It's just a saying, because he's not here and he was always so precious about his shop like it was a church or something. True, seems like another escape his shadow door. He did, believe me. The locked door's a joke. A joke? Well, he always locked it because he didn't want no one knowing about his dodgy deals, did he? Yeah, he did. Whereas you don't care what anyone says, you only keep the door locked and keep the riffraff out. I suppose I do, yeah. And yet the door was open just now. Yeah, it was. And you've got a scratch, I've only just noticed, only just missed your right eye. Well, And I... you're limping. Yeah. Why, something happened? I suppose you could say that. I'm all ears. It was early this morning. Feline time or human time? Well, both I suppose, about 3 a.m. Well, some cats get their humans up at time for breakfast, just to keep them on toes, don't they? It wasn't like that, Rich. So what was it like? More to the point, who was it? You're not going to believe this. Maybe I am. No, really. Try me. I thought I was seeing things. Have you been using them joysticks again? No, I... Not on any of that funny herbal medication Brutus's mate Lenny is selling, are you? No, and even if I wanted something like that, I wouldn't ask Lenny. No, the cat with an opinion on everything and an answer for nothing. True. Now, where was I? It was 3am, you were hallucinating and... Well, not... Not like that time you lit some LSD, that hippie left on the floor. No. So you weren't done over by Bingo and Flegel moonlighting from the banana splits. No. Or Scooby-Doo driving the mystery machine. No. Look, we can skirt around it as long as you like. I'm in no hurry, seems we've had a few setbacks on the mission and... No, what's gone wrong? Don't you change the subject, my boy. I still think you're not going to believe me. Well, you ain't told me nothing yet, have you? I really did think I was seeing things. How many of them? Just three. That's a lot for 3am, Gary. No wonder you got done over. Might be a kung fu cat, but you were at a disadvantage. Who said I was a kung fu cat? Fred. Did you know? He seemed quite disturbed by your roundhouse kicks. Reg, I ain't no Chuck Norris. No, there can only be one. The world won't go with two Chuck Norrises. No, even the dark is petrified of him. And then some. So you're not a kung fu cat then? Of course not. Not with my old dodgy hip. Oh yeah, I've forgotten that. Fred's just making up stories again. Yes, he will do that sometimes. If only Chuck Norris had been here. Bit unlikely, but you never know. It was the Dalton twins. What? All three of them. Never! See, you never expected that, did you? But I thought Bruno Dalton was lost at sea. We all did. Can't remember what happened, but it was Brutus what told me, and he was there. There was obviously daring plan involved. Well, their usual mad plan, yeah. Damien Darren probably gave him a surfboard directions to Cornwall. Expecting him to roll up on the next day. What, in some Brittany? Yeah, maybe a bit of a push even for them. But then those three have been trying to kill each other longer than they've held this city's feline community to ransom. That's what I thought. Even so, all three of them. You know, when they realised they wasn't twins, it was because their mum couldn't add up. They kept trying to work out which of them needed to die. Strange logic, yeah. And they came together to do you over at 3am. Yeah, something to do with a, a legal cat. A legal cat? They thought they'd actually beaten me unconscious, but I heard them as they left. What'd they say? They're coming after you too, Reg. They work for that shouty bloke in the trainers, his lawyer. You are having a giraffe. No, I heard them. Even when you thought you were seeing things? Yes. Just check it. We need a plan here. We'll be back here. And I'll follow you to wrap me up on the train. Shit, I'm going to need more than a carpet bomb. Yes. Oh, 
Reg, Reg, Reg. Reg, Reg, Reg. The Dalton twins, all three of them. Yes. We will be hearing from the Dalton twins, all three of them. Can't wait. In an episode that is not yet recorded. Well, that's about it for today. So we're going to love you and leave you. And I'm going to stop faffing about with this bit of paper because it's making noise. Oh, yeah. Right. So we will be back again next week. Mm-hmm. And if you have anything to communicate to us, then you can do so on the Changes Facebook page. There is usually one post for the podcast posting every week. And I put a video out every week too. Also, you can find us on Recovery Central on Twitter. Yeah, please keep them coming because we do read them, we do it's nice to hear what your thoughts are on our programme. And last but not least, if you've been in any way affected by anything that we've said and you feel that you need to talk to someone, then look, 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 there are plenty of places you can ask for help. We're certainly, as we discovered from the interviews we did, uh, I did over the last couple of weeks, we're certainly more blessed than certain other countries yeah. when it comes to the kind of help we can access. Indeed we are. So do make the most of it should you need to. Otherwise, have a lovely weekend and we'll be back next week. See you next week.